You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more about this show, as well as my other podcast, How to Stand, visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com. There you'll find episode guides, as well as additional reading, more exclusive content, tons of great stuff. And never miss an update, an album review, interview, etc. by subscribing to the free newsletter, howtostand.substack.com. You could also become a paying subscriber on Substack, and that means you're supporting an independent creator and become part of a community, howtostand.substack.com. Enjoy the show! Hi everybody, and welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. Really excited today to talk about the latest from one of my favorite people in the world, Taeyeon, in a continuous series where I talk about TY tracks. Today, all things love theory, featuring Wanstein. Want to give him his credit too. This song he actually teased quite a while ago on a live stream. So it's been in the works for a while, and it is part of the new project SM Entertainment is doing, where an artist gets to release original work every month. And Taeyeon is this month's special artist. We love to see it. If you want more Taeyeon-specific song discussion, I've covered a lot of his previous SoundCloud releases and other releases. They are all linked to through the NCT Talk page on 17karatkpop.weebly.com. Also, wherever you listen to this show, there should be an episode called Happy Birthday Taeyeon. You can scroll or just type in that name and you'll find it. And that's kind of a clip show of me talking about his work. And subscribe for more because surely this is not the last time we talk about a TY track. Let's talk about the background meaning of this song and then dive into the lyrics. On its face, pretty self-explanatory, looking for a love theory, a concrete blueprint for how to proceed with these messy emotions, not knowing what to do around a crush, how to act about love, etc. And Taeyeon actually really intentionally leaned into the cute nerdiness of it all with his outfit and his opposite of quote-unquote cool demeanor. Like he's dressing like the loser character in a movie. I think it's adorable and I don't like tropes like that, but you know what I mean. It's kind of the part he's playing, but making it fun. Flipping the narrative in that way. Anyway, so he said part of his inspiration for love theory actually came from the Big Bang Theory. He was watching the show and related to the guys who are super awkward around any woman, really. <laughs> Not sure how to act. He was also inspired by the diverse array of possible definitions you could attribute to love. And I like his personal one. Quote, something that makes you give everything. It was a really cute format promoting this with a YouTube interview where he had this interview and then performance, I can link to it on my site, on my newsletter, where he interviewed himself and then performed in this super pink room, super cute and happy, and he read his questions to himself out of this book, a little book of questions. Can I just say that SM Entertainment needs to make that official merch? Do you know how good that would sell? like a book of conversation starters, a book of writing prompts, basically. Throw some photo cards in there, maybe a contest to see if you're one of the lucky people who randomly gets an autographed copy. I mean, this is a gold merch idea. I would love this book. Just saying. Anyway, so he read from that. Questions about love, relationships. His funniest answer to me, but I haven't seen the movie, so maybe it just makes perfect sense. Feel free to let me know. But in response to the question, what movie or TV show character is most relatable to you in the love department? He said when it comes to animated projects, the movie Sing is accurate. So someone who's seen Sing, feel free to elaborate. 
But my personal favorite answer of his was when he read a question that was a hypothetical. What would you do if your significant other needed time alone at least three days a week? Just to get away from you, but it's not personal. Needs to decompress alone. That's me. And he reassured me. I mean, he reassured everyone. Don't worry. Go ahead. I get it. Recharge. I like alone time too. Whatever you need. That's music to my ears. It was also interesting to hear him respond to a question. What is one of the first examples of a time you felt like you truly loved what you were doing? Something along those lines. And he said he started writing songs not until he was in his fourth year of being a trainee with SM Entertainment. And CEO Su Min Lee encouraged him after just four years to start giving that a try. So one of his first NCT songs was Baby Don't Like It. It was kind of unclear. I think he meant he worked on a song called Easy For Me or Easy On Me, something like that, and worked on City 127. But he worded it in a way where maybe he meant he worked on a song that was originally called something like Easy For Me. And that song became the foundation of City 127. So I don't know if he was just talking about that song or if there's a separate song called Easy For Me that we've never heard before. I don't know, but interesting. CEO Sumin Lee produced the song himself. Taehyung said he really tried to emulate Yu Yunjin in the bridge of this song and says they actually met back during sticker era promo. Let's dissect the lyrics. Weinstein says, quote, I want to be your Alexandros. That refers to a Greek name that means technically protector of men, but is often used to refer to like protector of warriors, like men in battle. In Greek mythology, it was a given that you were protecting warriors. That would mean you were only protecting men. Only men were the warriors. So basically, that's, I think, what it's saying. Anyway, over time, that word has been used to describe people who are defenders, protectors. It's also linked to the name Alexander the Great. He is thought to have gotten his name from those roots, and he is the person who created one of the largest empires in ancient history. Hence the crown symbolism here that we get from Taeon's wardrobe. Some lyrics that are cute and worth sharing don't necessarily need decoding. Can you please not talk to me? Because when you do, I go blank. I don't know what I'm doing. Look at the theory book again. Here we go again. I've loved and lost, at the very least, a hundred times more than you. Gotta pay me something for consulting. What's the problem? It's too late to look chic. Just go as it is. Keep being nerdy. Remember what I'm saying. You'll do it anyway, though. Weinstein says, what you lack is jashingam, which is English for confidence. And if you split it up, actually, the first part means self. Gam means sense. So technically, it's sense of self. So the word he's using refers to confidence. But I just found that to be an interesting direct translation. Because sense of self is just so crucial for life. And maybe confidence is too, and those terms are more alike than you think. What we really have to talk about is the bridge. Quote, love is such an inscrutable thing, even more than the theory of relativity. For me, love is way more complicated than that. I've given you basically crash courses in philosophy concepts, economic concepts, literature concepts, etc. through my show. K-pop twists on everything. Now, I will add some physics to that list of subjects I K-popify, basically. Here's your TLDR cheat sheet guide to Einstein's theory of relativity. I promise I can make it exciting. It really is interesting if you think about it. 
If you climb up a mountain, a really tall mountain, like Everest tall, different altitude, at that different altitude, your watch will speed up. Time really does change. If you want to time travel, that's what you do. You go up a mountain and come back down. Time is slower on Earth than if you're up in the clouds. For real, you don't have to leave Earth to experience that feeling. And that's just one example of how basically Einstein's theory was about space and time being super related to mass as well, to gravity. He just wanted to point out all these connections. As opposed to Isaac Newton, his predecessor who didn't really talk about this, he kind of just talked about space and time as constants, like just fixed, unchanging variables. Einstein, on the other hand, wanted to show actually, space and time fluctuate more than you think. So he thought of this equivalence principle, which really started forming the foundation for his theory of relativity, is kind of like if you're riding a train or in a car or something, and someone's going the opposite way of you, and you know you have that moment of feeling like, oh, it looks like we're moving and they're not, or vice versa. Or, you know, sometimes when you're driving and look out the window at clouds, it almost looks like the clouds are moving faster than you, or you're moving past the clouds, or they're moving, like, alongside you. Kind of a discombobulating, distorted sense of speed relative to the world around you. That is what his theory gets at. The equivalence principle, basically, there's no key frame of reference that truly space and time variables are more relative than you think more based on the observer's interpretations. If you think about a flowchart, the first bubble would have Einstein establishes equivalence principle, and then the arrow goes to the next bubble in the flowchart, the principle of general covariance. Building off of that were his two views of relativity, general and special. It doesn't matter who looks like they're traveling faster or whose watch is sped up. The laws of physics apply to you all the same. They are constant. In technical terms, he would say, regardless of the frame of reference, the law of physics remains in place. So the theory of general relativity refers to a state of motion having no effect on the relevancy of the laws of physics. You could be at rest or in motion, regardless of your state of being. That has nothing to do with the ultimate physics principles that apply. This was established in 1915 by him. It involved some tricky math field equations, and it actually came up after special relativity, which is a more narrow interpretation of his theory, which basically says the law of physics will stay the same in specifically all inertial frames of reference, specifically in those circumstances when you don't know for sure what state of motion or rest you're in compared to the world around you. He officially published a comprehensive book trying to put his theory in layman's terms in 1916, basically saying these are the rules of the world, space-time, mass, gravity, and how they're all related to this basic principle. There's relativity, yet ironically, with that is consistency, mathematically at least, technically. Time warping, I think, is easier to understand on its face. Space warping may make you feel like, what does that mean? Well, the larger the mass, the more warped space becomes. So you could look at literal space for an example, because the planets are warped around the sun because of the sun's mass. That is an interesting reason why it seems relevant to have that random sun with a face in Taeyeon's love theory video, because that's one of the ultimate examples of general relativity at work. 
things changing their position to accommodate the sun. Experiment after experiment after experiment has given more and more credibility to general relativity. Actually, gravitational waves were discovered as recently as 2016. Kind of like ripples in water on an enormous scale, but that's kind of what gravitational waves are. Like black holes crashing into each other, other big cosmic events trigger those ripple effects. So yes, a wrinkle in time is a thing. So really, the technical scientific way to read the love theory lyrics are that when he sings love spins you around up and down, that's what he's getting at is that equivalence principle of hey I'm thrown off, who is who here, what space am I in in relation to this. When your world is turned upside down, you can be super nerdy about it now and say look at this equivalence principle at work. You're probably thinking, interesting but who cares. It actually really really affects our daily life. For example, nuclear power plants would not be a thing if we weren't living with the knowledge under the assumption of what Einstein said about how matter can be turned into energy, that conversion is a thing. Whole industries have formed because of these established concepts. Also, GPS. GPS tracking is a good example of how your sense of placement, technically on Earth, is affected by time zones in the warped space around you. That's actually kind of indirectly referenced in the song Love Theory too, when he's singing about she's far away now, she's close now, that kind of concept. Like really thrown off, where is she? I'm out of sorts. Cause your world is spinning, or are you spinning and the world is standing still? You don't know. The last thing I will say about this is that it's such a pick-me-up, go watch it, such a cute video, very nostalgic of like kids TV shows. In a good way, this cute, youthful energy he has, I love it. I'm reminded once again of a comment Taeyeon made when someone said his music sounds immature, his lyric writing is immature, and he took that as a big compliment. He's like, are you telling me I'm in touch with my inner child still? Thank you. That's a great thing, thank you. The house he is seen sinning out of, it looked familiar, and I'm like, okay, what show did I watch as a little kid that reminds me of that? Is it the Teletubbies? And I looked it up. Sure enough, it is a little similar. In the Teletubbies, there was this, I couldn't make this up if I tried. It was so bizarre. Even for a show like that, this was bizarre. Just beyond. The Teletubbies would gather around to watch every day. This house would show up. Just out of thin air, it would materialize. It was a pink house, and this puppet would go to each of the four windows in the house and choose one each day to open and start sinning out of. So you didn't know which one. As a kid, it's like a fun game for you, I guess, to guess which one is it going to be, because he always changes, and as a little kid, you don't think about how there are only four options. They just think about it like, hey, it's different than yesterday's. This is brand new. So it was exciting, I guess. But that was legit the whole thing. I have no idea what the educational value was in that moment. The house would show up, the puppet would sing, close the window, and the house would disappear in thin air. I kid you not, this is a real recurring segment from that show. The puppet never left to go say hi to them or anything, so who knows why he actually would park his house there every day. I don't know why he would come at all and not leave the house. I don't know why he did this ritual. I don't know what he's singing. It's actually different in different languages, but mostly gibberish. Anyway, so I was like, is that the Teletubby house that puppet sang out of in this video? And actually that Teletubby house was pink with this yellow glow coming from inside it. Yellow interior, you could say. 
In the love theory video, it's a yellow house with a pink interior. So it's like reversed, but still sitting out that window. Look, that's just what it made me think of. It's just a really cute childlike, again, as a compliment childlike video. Shows a new side of him, so congrats to Taeyeon on that. We have more SM Entertainment artist content to get to, so let's switch gears a little. SM Entertainment has been really, really pushing in other countries lately. Lee Soo-mian and Suho, as of recording time, are set to speak at a Stanford Korean Studies conference. One of the other CEOs recently met with Sweden's State Secretary to Minister for Business, Industry, and Innovation, Stina Billinger, and the Swedish Ambassador to Korea, Daniel Wolven, at a new SM Entertainment headquarters. I find the Sweden visit particularly notable given how Sweden is the birthplace of Spotify and a ton of pop and dance music. SM Entertainment is also continuing to try to maintain a foothold in the USA to massive success. Espa made their Coachella debut as only the third K-pop girl group to ever perform at Coachella. The first was Blackpink, and then there was 21, this year actually, with a surprise reunion performance that I was freaking out over, and Weekend 2 brought Espa to the main stage. They performed Energy, Black Mamba, Savage, Next Level, and an as-of-recording time, unreleased track, Life's Too Short. I wonder if, while Espa are in the USA, they're gonna hit up some recording studios. Maybe collab with some people. At least network with them, exchange numbers for the future. I really sense they're on the cusp of some big new songs. Big international hits. Another quick Coachella-related update. The official top 10 most posted about celebrities on social media related to Coachella. Performances, attendance, fashion, whatever. 10, Justin Bieber. 9, Carol G. 8, Camila Cabello. 7, Karina from Espa. 6, Giselle from Espa. 5, Shania Twain. 4, Jackson Wang. 3, Billie Eilish. 2, Jenny from Blackpink. And one, no surprise, Harry Styles. Speaking of international hits, I'll make this my question of the day. What was everybody's experience like if you tried to get Stray Kids concert tickets? And if you got them, what kind of sorcerer do you have a pact with? I kid you not, I spent at least an hour refreshing and trying different tips and tricks I've kind of tried to hone, I guess. My training period, I was trying to make it pay off. I was ready. I was just so ready for nailing these tickets. I was so overconfident because I love Stray Kids, but I truly was blown away and shocked that they were going to fill arenas. I definitely thought they would stick to small theaters again. I thought, no problem getting a ticket. They might even downgrade the venue. Seems so naive of me to say now, but I figured they would at least curtain off the top level of the arenas. They did that for Super M when they can't sell out the full place. But no, Stray Kids really are huge right now. They sold out the whole tour in hours and due to popular demand already added two extra dates. They did not add an extra Chicago date yet, which is why I am still very upset. Now, fingers crossed, I can do some in-person press for that still. Not just because I want to go, but that would be huge for me career-wise too. You never know. But as of recording time, I am not invited. But wow, it was really hard. I got to the waiting room 15 minutes ahead of time, but I was in the queue where it says over 2,000 people are ahead of you forever. And then every time I tried to get a seat, it would say, sorry, someone just took that. 
The Ticketmaster voice in my head sounds like the annoying TikTok voice. Your ticket is not available because someone else just bought it. So it was a lot. But I really am happy for them. And I think it is a great reminder that K-pop is no fad. It really is next level right now and is going to stay that way. I've heard of a lot of doubters becoming K-pop fans. Never heard about a K-pop fan who got out of the rabbit hole once they were in it. Not how it works. And Stray Kids really are one of the more dynamic groups. And there are so many now. That says a lot. It's also very interesting because I wonder how explosive their popularity boost would have been without the Republic Records promo push. Because the recent JYP Entertainment Republic Records deal really led to a big boost in promo for their work in the USA, which I'm sure is in part attributable to their Billboard album chart topping status this time. They were given more of a, a fair chance in the US market with this push, with a Western company vouching for them. I just wonder if that is, like it or not, what it took to see their potential realized. Man, though, I do wish there was a way to prove you've been a fan since day one and somehow use that to help you get pre-sale access or something, a greater chance of getting into the show, because I was a huge fan. Before they really debuted, I was into them. I followed their reality show journey. I digress. Let's get to some good news. AB6 just announced a US tour. As of recording time, not tons is known, but the dates and cities are out. They'll be in Seoul and then Tokyo first, but they come to New York June 20th, Atlanta the 22nd, Chicago June 24th, Seattle the 29th, and the end in LA July 1st. The same day, Stray Kids will be in Chicago. Interesting. TXT is set to embark on their first world tour this summer. They haven't specified venue or ticket info yet, but they did announce the dates and cities. TXT will start off in Seoul July 2nd and 3rd. Then they'll go to Chicago, New York, Atlanta, Dallas, Houston, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. Maybe more to come. There's going to be a special K-pop event in New York this July, a summer stage at Central Park. So make sure to get excited for that. July 10th, you'll get to see Alexa, Brave Girls, and Golden Child. It's a Korean Culture New York-sponsored event. Sounds like a lot of fun. Twice just put on some historic shows. They are now the first K-pop girl group to ever sell out Tokyo Dome for three nights. Sell out three nights for a total audience of 150,000 people, plus 20,000 tuned in for the live stream. Another interesting event coming up, the Cubically Imagined Art Exhibit. This previously went to Paris, Hong Kong, Moscow, and Beijing, as well as DC. It's coming to New York May 2nd through 14th, although closed on the 3rd. This cubically imagined exhibit was created by the Korea Creative Content Agency, and it is basically an art display to show off famous Korean pop culture contributions. It will include backdrops for BTS, Map of the Soul online performances, some stuff in tribute to Parasite, the National Museum of Korea, the website for this event says, quote, Above all, this exhibition generates new narratives by transcending outdated boundaries between East and West, tradition and innovation, music and movies, art and architecture, and past and future, reminding us to consider the common values of humanity based on Korea's historical, cultural, and social heritage. A big change coming to South Korea that I find fascinating 
A new presidential administration is entering office with plans to get rid of their aging system. This may seem strange if you're raised in the USA like me, but it's actually not uncommon in other countries to have a different aging system. In some places, you are a year old when you're born, as opposed to starting at zero. So if a K-pop star says, for example, I'm 25, they're 24 US version. In South Korea currently, there are three different aging systems that are kind of interchangeably used. There's the Korean age system, where you start out at age one when you're born, and you turn the next year old every New Year's Day. Does not have to do with the day I was born, just everyone turns a year older on New Year's Day. Then there's the New Year birthday system, which is similar. You're basically just as old as the number of New Year's is you've lived through. Then there's the international system, which refers to you change years on your birthday every year. Because of these potentially confusing different systems, at the same time, South Korea is currently hoping to go to international only. So all your favorite K-pop idols will suddenly have to say they're a year younger. The goal is to make this officially happen by the end of 2023 and roll out the plan in phases. Other countries actually did this too before, but South Korea is one of the slower to develop the international system countries, but not anymore. You may think, why are they rolling it out in phases? Why is it going to take so long? Why can't they just, boom, switch it? It's actually way more complicated to implement than it sounds. Legally, it's a mess. Like, do you know how many official documents might have to undergo changes for everyone in South Korea right now as they adapt to going by a different age? In addition to changes to legal docs, there is also a cultural context. So in the USA, we just sort of, you can be friends with whoever, and it's just super normal. Although, for the most part, people do tend to befriend, hang out with people in their age group. That is definitely even more so the case in South Korea. You hang out pretty much with people your age. Your friends are your age, for sure. And there's this community, this sense of bonding as you turn a year older together on New Year's every year. Or otherwise just know you are exactly aging when your friends are. So it affects what social circles you hang out with, too. So yeah, there actually is a lot to think about, but it sounds like it's really happening. Some less fun news. The girl group Hot Issue has disbanded quite suddenly, although they had been quiet for a while, but still. S2 Entertainment issued a statement confirming this April 22nd, saying, quote, After the end of a long discussion, the agency and the agency's artist have decided to disband the team. We worked hard for a long time with the artist to achieve the direction and development the agency had aimed for, but we reluctantly came to this decision. Yeah, it is a pretty vague statement, so I don't have further intel on what happened here. If you want to really read between the lines, you could laser in on the comment about the direction and development of the agency and disagreements about that. Maybe they were telling the group to push a certain image they did not like. Maybe they wanted more or less creative control. Maybe the company itself is having an identity crisis kind of moment. Not sure the group is picking up steam as much as they want them to. All just speculation, but what is there but to speculate if the statement's going to be so vague? Let's move on to rapid fire headlines. Jun K from 2PM got COVID, as did Sanha from Astro. 
yes, a second time. Sana from Twice has also gotten COVID, so she's in quarantine, although the other members have made it back to Korea. She's still quarantining in Japan, post-concert there. Other recent COVID cases, Dio from EXO and Kim Minhyuk from CM Blue. But waves may be receding of COVID because South Korean shows with live audiences are returning to having them. And at K-pop concerts there now, you don't have to be silent anymore. You can clap and scream and cheer. Dreamcatcher is set to perform at the Primavera Soundfest in Barcelona. They will be there June 4th. Some stats have been revealed about BTS's Vegas Takeover Week. Officially, 200,000 people attended the shows. 200,000 attended the water show. 22,000 viewed the live stream of the concert. And 114,000 attended the exhibition in Pop-Up Shop. Heewon from Enmix injured her ankle and so she will still participate in the upcoming KCON event, but will have a modified participation. Rain is set to host a prequel series to Street Man Fighter. People auditioning to join one of the crews that competes on Street Man Fighter. So soloists competing for a spot in the competition. The show's called Be Ambitious and more details are coming at a later date. Mark my words, they'll also have a, a sequel series, Kingdom Champions version, someday. Yuju from G-Friend has announced her solo fandom name, Luvu, L-U-V-U. Chaekyun from April has officially left DSP Media. At the IF Design Awards, Espa's album Savage won the main award for its design. And Hybe won the Company Branding Award. The latest Global Spin Live series performers on the lineup include Tiger JK, Yoon Murray, and Vivis. Onu's new album Dice topped iTunes in 40 countries. And actually, his previous first week album sales record was 31.5k-ish. This time, over 52k. In terms of other first week album sales slash first week pre-orders for Dreamcatcher, Apocalypse, Save Us, over 85k. DKZ's new single Cupid, over 100k. And actually, their previous record was a little over 1k before they rebranded. Les Seraphim, their debut, got 270k units in the first week of pre-orders. And TXT's Minisode 2, in six days, got over 816k. Jimin and Hassan Woon's OST With You broke BTS's record from Dynamite. With You is now the fastest song to top iTunes in 100 different regions. BTS's Dynamite is now certified double platinum in Japan. Congrats to ITZY, who just reached 7 million YouTube subscribers. Congrats to Dreamcatcher, who are now the fifth K-pop girl group to ever reach number one on iTunes, the album chart that is. Blackpink's You Never Know was actually the latest song to surpass the 100 million streams mark. The last one to do it from that album, and it has crossed the finish line. There are actually only three K-pop female soloists who have songs with over 200 million streams so far. Those three? All members of Blackpink, Jenny, Lisa, and now Rosé, thanks to On The Ground. Plus, the group's video for Boombaya just became the first K-pop debut video to ever reach 1.4 billion with a B views. And BTS's first video to reach 1.5 billion with a B views is officially Boy With Love, plus Fake Love just surpassed 1.1 billion. 
even their outtake-esque, bloopers-esque, butter, hotter remix music video just surpassed 100 million, as did Kepler's Wadada and Got the Beats Step Back, and G Idol's Tomboy just surpassed 90 million views. Before you go, my quick PSA slash action item of the day for you. I have two things I want to bring your attention to. One is, because we recently had Earth Day, I want to give a shout out to Planeteer Alliance. They are a group who can virtually train young people ages 10 to 23 to become environmental activists. They actually were formed after getting inspired by the cartoon Captain Planet and the Planeteers. So now there's an IRL Planeteer Alliance young people can join. Another really exciting cause I want to shout out The Brooklyn Public Library has just announced that any teen anywhere in the USA, don't have to be from Brooklyn or even the state, you are now eligible for a Brooklyn Public Library card slash e-card. So you can digitally check out e-books for books you can't find near a library near you. This is a really great thing because I am so frustrated and concerned because in the USA lately, there's been this campaign to ban books, and I'm just such an adamant supporter of letting people read. I just love reading so much. It expands your worldview. It just makes you think, and to try to stop critical thinking is really, really concerning to me. So it's a really great way to combat that denial of the ability to access something as wonderful as books. So the freedom to read what you want is just so critical, and I'm so glad that option is available. I promise you, if you don't think reading is for you, you haven't found the right book yet. A book out there for anyone, I truly believe that. You never know what book will make you inspired to follow a certain career path, go down a certain road, and it's just incredible, the power of reading. Read about this on my Substack a bit too, about BTS's book recommendations, really shaping my life for the better, but I digress. Just go read something today. That's your main action item, and help the planet. Alright, thank you everybody, and I'll talk to you all again super soon. Bye!